and welcome to the sixth episode of The Sycamore Tree, where we come to hear personal perspectives of scripture. I'm your host, Reverend Katie Collins, and today we will be reading scripture with the Burnetts, Sam. Hi. And Teresa. Hey. And our daughters, Lily and Sammy, are playing in the background. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Today we are... Oh, you have scissors? She's playing with scissors. <laughs> but don't worry, she's not running. <laughs> so before we get into today's text, we will play a little game I like to call Show Me Your Roots. So in this game, each of us will answer a series of short answered questions to reveal a little bit about ourselves and what influences our interpretation of scripture. So are you ready? Yeah. Sam, you're first. So, Sam, Coke or Pepsi? Depends on the day. I do both. You do both. Okay. Favorite band or singer growing up? Reba McIntyre. Woohoo! What is your favorite color? Blue. What are your pronouns? He, him. Best Halloween costume? Cousin It. Cousin It? My grandma made Cousin It, and she made a brown sheet and put all the yarn, and I had the sunglasses, and I looked just like Cousin It. That's incredible. Yeah. That's intense. And do you have a favorite book of the Bible? No. And do you have a least favorite book of the Bible? Genesis. Genesis. Teresa, you're next. Okay. What about you? Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coke. Favorite band or singer growing up? Band is Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. Singer is Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, yes. What is your favorite color? Blue. Blue? You the same favorite color. That's very nice. What are your pronouns? She, her. Best Halloween costume? Wednesday Adams. So that's hilarious. That's really funny. So you all didn't know each other at that time. No. Wow. You meant for each other. Um, (laughs) Favorite book of the Bible? Do you have a favorite? Proverbs. Proverbs. Mm -hmm. Least favorite book of the Bible? Genesis. It starts off too slow. All right. It's my turn. Coke or Pepsi? Dr. Pepper. (laughs) I can see that too. (laughs) <laughs> I like Dr. Pepper. Favorite band or singer growing up? Um, so band would probably be New Kids on the Block. We were big New Kids on the Block. Fans. I remember them. <laughs> I had a picture, a poster of Jonathan. Uh, singer would most likely be Mariah Carey. I listened to a lot of Mariah Carey. What are your pronouns? She, her. I skipped one. What is your favorite color? Macaroni and cheese yellow. Best (laughs) Halloween costume. So when I was in about the seventh grade, I decided to be an artist for Halloween. And so I made this like palette out of cardboard and put like colors on it. And I had a a shirt that I put different colors of paint on. And I was very proud of that costume. I made it myself. Awesome. Favorite book of the Bible? 
I'm tempted to say Genesis because both of you said you didn't like Genesis, and now I feel tempted to just do a whole sermon series on Genesis so that you all will realize how much you could really love that book because it, it is really beautiful and has a lot of wonderful stories, but a lot of terrible stories at the same time, so good and bad. So maybe it also fits as the least favorite Bible book of the Bible because it has a lot of um, very violent things, um, as well as very off. many beautiful things. And what's your least favorite book of the Bible? <laughs> well, if I... there, I would say that I have more books that I hate to love or love to hate. Because, for instance, Second Timothy that we're reading today... I love certain verses so dearly, and they're so beloved in our churches. But then there are other verses that I that just hit me completely the wrong way, and I think that they're not necessarily what Jesus would say. So now that we know each other a little better, let us start off with prayer before we get into Scripture. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are alive with us today that you were there in the very beginning and that you are there in the future preparing um, a, a place for us, that you're preparing the path before us. And we pray that you would bless our time together, that you would bless each person listening to this podcast, that you, as we read your scripture, that we would experience your presence and receive new instruction, and encouragement for our faith. In your name we pray. Amen. Here at the Sycamore Tree, we have a practice of reading the scriptures in Lexio Divina. This is an ancient monastic practice of reading the scripture and listening for God as the Holy Word speaking to us through these words. We will each read the text for today from our own Bibles, and in this case, our own phones. And then the listeners will respond. First, we will share only one word at a time, then whole phrases, and finally, we will connect and interpret the scripture for our lives. So first, Teresa will read for us. Today we're reading 2 Timothy um, chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. 
Faithless. Endure. Suffering. Criminal. Change. Obada. Disown. Truth. Worker. Suffering. Salvation. Listen. Rain. Now we'll listen to the scripture again and we'll listen for full phrases that jump out at us. Sam will read for us. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Jesus in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep Minding, reminding God's people of these things, warn them before God against quarreling about words if it is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of the truth. Do your best. He cannot disown himself. A worker that does not need to be ashamed. But God's word is not chained. Remind them of this. Salvation that is in Christ Jesus. And I'll say it again. God's word is not chained. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. This is my gospel. The saying is sure, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Do your best to present yourself to God. Now that we have sat with the word and let the word percolate in our hearts, so to say, we will again listen to the scripture, and this time I invite you to think about a question that you want us to discuss or a topic, something that has spoken to you while we were reading the scripture today. Again, this is Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Remember Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead and descended from David. This is my good news. This is the reason I'm suffering to the point that I'm in prison like a common criminal. But God's word cannot be imprisoned. This is why I endure everything for the sake of those who are chosen by God, so that they too may experience salvation in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This saying is reliable. If we have died together, we will also live together. If we endure, we will also rule together. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are disloyal, he stays faithful. 
because he can't be anything else than what he is. Remind them of these things and warn them in the sight of God not to engage in battles over words that aren't helpful and only destroy those who hear them. Make an effort to present yourself to God as a tried and true worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, but is one who interprets the message of truth correctly. I was reading from the Common English Translation, and there were several words that were very different that I, I thought that it had a big meaning to me, at least. Specifically, if we endure, we will also rule together. And I think that rule together sounds a lot different than reign in our language. Any questions come up for you? I like 14, where it talks about remind them of these things and warn them in the sight of God not to engage in battles over words that aren't helpful and only destroy those who hear them. I feel like we do that a lot in society today. We mm-hmm. fight over words. Mm-hmm. And so that really stuts me when I read it the first time because I don't know what words they're talking about there, but to me, that's exactly what happens today. Mm-hmm. I was wondering myself to think about what lines in Second Timothy and First Timothy that people argue about. And then this line, how funny is that? So, 15 would be my question. Mm-hmm. So how do we know how to present ourselves as God? Is, is that asking how God approves us? That would be what I would guess, but then how do we know what what God has approved for us. How do we know what a tried and true worker really is? Yeah. Well, I think that goes back. I think they go together, really. I mean, if we're, if we are the kind of Christians that are standing on the corner yelling at people for what they are, who they are, then I don't, I don't think I could see myself as a tried and true worker the Christian that's walking across the street and talking to that person and telling them that they're loved and showing them in a loving manner would be a tried and true worker mm-hmm. and also not battling with words because they really are, at the end of the day, they're just words. They're not me or you. Like That is a person. And everybody's language is different. And so why do, why do we argue over words? Why does it matter? And we do it in everything, in race, and sexuality, in everything. Like, why does it matter if we say white or Caucasian, black or colored? You know what I mean? Like, gay, straight, men, women. I wonder if it's because we associate our identity so much with these words that sometimes a word is said to us and we... We let ourselves take on the identity that someone else sees with that word, rather than seeing ourselves as our as who we are. I don't think words have to define me. And the fact that other people put words to define me makes no sense to me. Like, why does it matter? 
Why does it matter? Why does it matter to you how I see myself? And you telling me a different word than what I am, what does that change anything? And I, you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like that's God's place to define me during judgment day. It's not, I don't have the right to walk around and define other people. I don't know them. And that's not how you get to know somebody. I, they're definitely not going to open up to me. <laughs> I once heard a speaker talk about, um, you know, when she became a grown adult, she felt like she walked around with all these sticky notes all over her. And when she finally got to a place in her life where she would peel all these sticky notes that other people had placed on her with the words of who she is, she wasn't free till they were all gone. And when she could just be herself, then she felt free. She was unchained, so to say. Exactly. From our scripture. I just love that image that the chain that the word of God is not chained. The word of God is not chained. I feel like I'm gonna be repeating that in my head until the worship service when we actually read the scripture. It's, it's going to be So what does that mean to you? The word of God is not chained. That it's alive. That the word of God can mean something different today than it did yesterday or 50 years ago. And also that we are not chained to the way that we read the scripture 50 years ago. So maybe when I was 14 reading the Bible, I read something and I thought it was so beautiful and moving. And then I read it again when I was 21 and I thought, Holy cow, what is going on here? How can this be in the Bible? And then now, another 10, 15 years later, reading it, trying to piece the Bible together. It's like God can speak to us through the same words in many different ways. So it's kind of like a plant. Uh huh. The Bible is the living thing. More you feed it your attention, then the more it grows. Yeah, the, yeah. And kind of gives you the fruit of whatever it is. See, that's how I feel, like, when it says the chain. So I'm glad you said that because when it says it's not chained, it's because it's free-flowing, you know? It's like it grows. It's free to grow. The, the knowledge is free to grow. I mean, I'm not the same person I was when I was 14. Exactly. And so, you know, when we stick stern to something and we won't, let it expand, then you have to look at, you know, I don't live the same way I did when I was a kid because I've grown and that was acceptable. So why is it not acceptable for the word of God to grow? Reading beyond where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> That's okay. You can, you can make a comment about that. See, and actually we talked about this last night. The phrase down here on 19 where it says, the Lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Like it's interesting to me that he already knows who's his and who's not. Like he's claimed us. Uh -huh. And I don't know. I just find that very interesting. I think some people find that as terrifying. A little. Yeah. 
<laughs> we kind of had that conversation last night. <laughs> well, I mean, because it could go two ways, right? Mm-hmm. Because you could have that thought of, well, if he already knows, then why am I putting in all this effort? Either I am or I'm not. Mm-hmm. It takes out the responsibility. Right. Depending on how your mind works. But just look at the other side of that. He knows, not because he knows what you're going to decide already. He knows your future. Right. It's not that he said you're either worth it or not. He knows how you made your choices. And some people may see this differently, but I feel like saying that God is not chained is saying that God is free to choose people not based on their choices. That God may choose this person that has made terrible choices to be God's own. I won't uh, give God a gender, but <laughs> but to say that God is free to choose and unchained, it's not based on how good we are, whether we get everything right. Well, I mean, if we did it that way, you know, I mean... We'd all be... There's part of the Bible that says that women shouldn't cut their hair, and so... Or get tattoos. What does it make a difference to somebody who wears makeup, to somebody who cuts their hair, to somebody who's transgender, to somebody who's not transgender? What is the difference? Where do you draw the line? I don't see one. You know, and I had it... We're probably, I'm still probably like taking a large left turn, but you know, I had it explained to me one time because I know that there are people who believe that women should not wear men's clothing. Oh, Right. So how do you decide what's men's clothing when they were all in robes? So I was told that when they worked worked in the fields, some people believe that the men were allowed to pin up their robes and the women were not. But where does it tell us that? It doesn't. Right. So supposedly men's clothing has pants because they were pinned. And that's okay. That was the explanation that I got. Men also need to wear robes. I think some of it's just that society has put it there, Mm -hmm. but we hear it so much that we don't ever realize that that's not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's not there. It's not stated. There's some things that we have put there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And just like, uh, you know, the saying, "My body is a temple." Mm -hmm. Well, how do we know that he meant don't? eat too much or don't get tattoos or don't pierce your ears or whatever rather than him just saying hey take care of yourself and don't make me look bad (laughs) by making yourself look bad or create something that you respect right if I'm supposed to respect my body because it's my temple then I need to like my body Mm -hmm. right so if somebody likes their body by putting makeup on, if it makes them treat their body more like a temple, I don't think that's a bad thing. And temples were adorned with lots of gems. And, and jewelry, yeah. And, and gold. So why doesn't that mean to wear earrings and get tattoos and wear lots of makeup, even though I, I currently am not wearing any makeup? <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa has us covered. She's not, yeah. wearing, she's not wearing that much makeup. She, she looks very nice. 
And I, I like going down this road, like thinking about the temple. Like our idea of a temple is not chained. But if it was chained to the idea of what a temple was like at that time, treat your body like a temple, then, uh, you know, you can wear the most beautiful thing that you own. And that's what God wants. <laughs> I like that image. <laughs> or uh, maybe it's a temple that is very simple. That the, um, you know, to have a, a holy place, you can just, some of the people in the Old Testament just had a stone. And they said, this is the place where I met with God and deemed that it was holy. And it was just simple. They didn't need a lot. And sometimes it's that way with our body. We just kind of take what we have. And I also like the imagery that you used when you said to care for your body. That, you know, not to harm your body, to care for it, and if that means that you're enjoying a delicious brownie, <laughs> um, or if that means that you're enjoying a delicious strawberry. Both of those are enjoying different parts of God's creation. Enjoying flowers is also caring for your body. Enjoying flowers. Because you have to have sunlight. Like you, like your body needs sunlight. We don't realize that, that we've created all this imitation light. But that's how our bodies used to work, which is why things are so different now. Because you worked around the daylight. And your body has to have sunlight. Mm -hmm. I can drive nights. I can drive days. And I can tell you I feel completely different on both. Even though I've had the same amount of sleep and worked the same shift, that difference of shift is insane. Wow, we really have taken a left turn. I don't know where we even are now. <laughs> when we were listening to Hope Phrases, when Teresa said, this is my gospel. And I, I really like that idea that Paul or whoever wrote this letter to Timothy said, this is what I see as the good news. That this is what is good news to me, my gospel. Do you all have an opinion about what your gospel is or what you think is the good news? Some people say that certain preachers always preach the same gospel if you're listening close enough. Sometimes I do it intentionally to think, I want people to know they are loved through this, through this sermon. Well, behind that, he says, this is my good news. This is the reason I'm suffering to the point that I'm prison like a common criminal. His good news is all of these gifts that he's going to receive for that. I mean, they you said the word remember, but endure shows up several times too. Endure, uh-huh. And so to me, it's those that endure the most are going to receive great rewards. So if you feel like you endure a lot in life, don't be troubled because... You have the glory of God. You know, on, on those same lines, I like that you said that, uh, you know, my dad was a very Christian man, and one of the things he liked to tell me was, don't worry about your treasures here on earth, because as you go through things and you go through turmoils, you build up treasures in heaven, and that's where it counts. Uh, and that's, that's always stuck with me. And so for me, my gospel would be, you know, gaining those treasures, knowing that there's a light, so to speak, at the end of the tunnel. 
and knowing that I can be as ugly as a troll or as mean as a troll and I'm still loved by somebody. <laughs> Depends on what trolls you're talking about. Because, I mean, the trolls that kids play with, they're kind of cute. Just saying. And beautiful. Yes. They have awesome hair. It's like purple. I feel like I see the scripture in a much different way and have a much fuller understanding. So thank you all for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners. Thanks for coming to our house today. And we'll see you next time at the Sycamore Tree. Or catch us on Sundays at St. Luke Presbyterian Church here in Amarillo, Texas. Should have said yee-haw. Yee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to say it? You want to say it? <laughs> no. You just like Amberlynn Texas. Yee-haw. <laughs>